Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Take a load off. (laughs) Right? Bro, we have seen some miles this week. We have been around. Yes, we have. My good buddy. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been busy. I've been real busy. Yeah? Yeah, I've been doing... uh, I'm still working on some Mages Guild stuff and uh, picking up lore books and uh, going after that elusive, actually it's not that elusive, uh, Master Wizard title. And um, I've actually been healing a bit. And then uh, on the flip side, checking out a new spec on my Sork. And then I found out that I really Mm. like my pet. I really like my pet, my summoner type Sork. So I'm back at that. But it's been a nice week. It's been a week week of testing and challenges. And so, yeah. What about you? Uh, pledges. Lots and lots of pledges. <laughs> Attaboy. I've been on I've been on the pledge grind and uh, when I'm not pledging, I've been working on crafting and I have found this unusual f- fascination based out of convenience because there's a campfire in Stormhaven of uh, cooking. I love to cook in this game now. <laughs> I'm nice. all about it, man. I'm all about it. It's like kitchen nightmares over when I'm trying to cook in Stormhaven. TV Good. Show. I'm. You know. You know what's nice about when you cook, especially like when you do when you do Ritz. And I'm going to parlay this into another uh, another story here. But when you do Ritz, they normally give you like a dish to make, and then some type of an alcoholic beverage. I'm like, you know what? That is, that's brilliant. It's truly brilliant because they want you to have yeah. obviously your four food groups and then your fifth food group. Which is the one that keeps us sane as travelers and owners of younglings. Maybe the uh, the occasional alcoholic beverage. What can I get you, boy? Yeah, there you go. Oh, um, I will take... Um, you know what, this week I'm going to rock old school. Let's go with a Mark Hearth Mead for me. Hello, my dear. You are looking dapper this evening. I will take a bitter remorse ale, please. Coming right up. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. This is episode four of the Lore Seekers podcast, where Elder Scrolls Online is king. We're your hosts. I'm Jibs, and I'm joined by my good buddy from uh, down under, Southern Tamriel, Cash. How you doing? This week, um, we've got we've got a ton of stuff going on this week, but first and foremost... I believe there's an active hunt going on right now to find out which tavern in Tamriel we are in. Yeah, our, our guildies are currently, they're actually holding an event right now as we're doing this show. Uh, they don't know it, but we are actually in uh, the Randy Netch Inn in Balmora and Morrowind. So the guild is actually giving away 5,000 gold and armor motives from our bank if they can find us while we're sitting here doing this so it's kind of there, a, there's actually been fun. a couple of there's actually been a couple of tweets too we've had some folks yeah. saying don't don't you think we're not going to co- come and try and find you which i thought was pretty funny on our yeah tweets. i know right <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true uh so yeah this week you know it's kind of like a you know we've been we've been we've been enjoying some grog and sea of thieves and now we're 
sitting here drinking at the tavern, so it's a good time. It's a good time. You but can, uh, anyway, can't beat it. You can't beat it. That's right. That is right. Now, real quick, uh, we are on the eve. As we record this show, we want to let you in ahead of time. This episode, we are not going to be covering the big release from Bethesda regarding the next chapter of the Elder Scrolls Online. We are on the eve of it. We had to change our schedules around a little bit. And so we're going to hold off until episode 5. And on episode 5, which we all believe is to be Somerset Isles, we are dedicating the entire episode to discussing the next chapter of ESO. We're going to go through cash. We're going through the lore. Uh, what else? All the news. And the next part about this that we really like is the fact that typically... Whenever there's a big news release or a drop like this, there's other sites covering this that have had words or interviewed the developers themselves. And so we're going to round up all the information, everything we can find, all the lore, and we're going to break it down for you guys. So this week's a little bit different. Yeah, they. I think actually this week they are at uh, GDC. Um, and I know there's been, a, there's been a ton of speculation out there. Wouldn't it be like the biggest giant Molag ball bag if we totally got it wrong? And it wasn't Somerset. I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. But and our maybe our timing was a little bit off because we ended up covering the Altmer on our lore segment last episode. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe we ought to we should have punted that one forward. But we had no idea they were gonna drop this and all of a sudden there's this there's this gif on Twitter and we collectively flipped out like, Oh my gosh, it's so soon. And we couldn't believe, yeah. and we actually had a discussion on it. We, I can't believe how much of a role uh, ZeniMax Online Studios is, is on right now with the content. Um, it's just the, incredible. the pure yeah. amount of content they're releasing is crazy right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, gosh, it's so active. Everything, like, you, you we play, we've, dude, we have played a lot of MMOs. I know your first few MMOs, you know mine. And it just always felt like developers struggled finding a good stride. It, it always felt like they were trying to get there. You know what I mean? Like they could never really reach it. They couldn't get their scheduling down. And if and there was one season where they're like, yeah, we're going to do this and this and this. And they may get one or two things done. And then they're coming to the next season and they're like, all right, we learned from last season. And so we're going to change it up and do this. And they still can't nail it. But here is Zenimax yeah. is putting all this stuff together. It's quite incredible. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that too, and it's sad in the MMO space, but it happens quite frequently is, you know, they'll have a schedule of things that they're going to release and there's tons of hype up until the release of the game. Then the game releases, people feel eh about it. There's still a core people playing. But what ends up happening based on the... Um, amount of subs that they end up keeping after like that first three to six month period is they start downsizing their studio and you, you can have all the, all the greatest plans, and all the best of intentions. But if you start releasing people that are going to be building all that content on your schedule, then you're not going to have the manpower to do it. The people power. Right. To do it. Right. So, yeah. You're anyway, exactly right. Glad that's not glad. I'm glad it's not happening at ZeniMax. It's, it's rock solid. Mm-hmm. That it is. Well, we do have a little bit of news. Uh, this week on the episode, we are going to be talking. Uh, there is a little little bit of news. We're gonna we're gonna bring uh, back ESO 101 this week. 
This week on the show, we're talking skill points, item slots, skill lines, basically simple tips to help you guys along in your ESO journey. We're answering your emails and perhaps everyone's favorite. This week's lore lesson, we're talking the racial motif of the Dark Elves. Mm -hmm. You ready, my good friend? Let's do this. Ha ha! All right, so there wasn't really a whole lot of news because, well, really... <laughs> I say that because we're right on the eve of the next chapter being announced. Yeah. There wasn't news. But. There was hype this week. <laughs> yeah. Up to this point, there's been a lot of hype. We don't know what the new chapter is yet. But um, we missed this last week, and we do apologize. So I really wanted to cover it on here for people who listen and feel like maybe they want to get involved. But um, there was a post made over at ElderScrollsOnline.com talking about the ESO class representative program. And um, they talk about over the next couple months, Zenimax will be looking for about 10 players to fill the role of an ESO class representative. Class reps should have a, a deep understanding of at least one class with extensive knowledge involving abilities, itemization, solo and group play in both PvE and PvP scenarios. Two representatives will be asked to work together to compile a list of the top concerns and bugs for each class and present these notes to members of the ESO development team on a quarterly basis. And then uh, here's a little caveat to that note. They are not looking for general class suggestions or ideas at this time. Our focus will specifically be on some of the current pain points. Excuse me. The goal of this program is to make sure <laughs> we're focusing on what's important to you and work together to ensure we're taking your main concerns into consideration for future updates. If you guys are interested or you want to, uh, you're looking to get involved with this, what you do is you go uh, send an email to community at elderscrollsonline.com by April 8th with your name, the class, or classes your nomination specializes in, and a short reason why. You know why I laugh? Why? I laugh because of the mini disclaimer they put in there about note. We are not looking for general class suggestions or ideas at this time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just laugh because there are those people out there just like, you know, what would really fix this entire situation. I'm going to I'm just I'm going to tell you. I, I know nothing about min maxing, but I'm going to tell you what's going to fix the Templar class. <laughs> Those are. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the template class. Yeah, but I don't know how to improve it. I'm just going to tell you what's wrong with it. Those are now. See, those are my kind of nerds. I love them, but those are not the people they're looking for. The people that they're specifically looking for, I think, are you're looking for like guild class leads and stuff in uh, in some of the mm -hmm. top rating guilds. Mm -hmm. You know, guys like Allcast and Deltia and um, some of the, some of these other content creators. Their knowledge of some of these classes all the classes for you know for all i know just because of the amount of guides that they put out on the quality of the guides and how well they work um those are the that's the quality of folk they're looking for here i would imagine um people who know the classes in and out and are playing the game a lot and able to see all these small changes in the top tier content is mm -hmm. what i would imagine they'd be looking for so you know they're they're a little note there right about, we're not looking for general class suggestions. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not looking for me to do this, that's for sure. Or me. Or me. <laughs> I'm Any the guy that us. follows these. Yeah. 
So <laughs> I do like that they're doing yeah. this though, because this is kind it's of great. like it's it almost reminds me like in the business world, a lot of what I deal with, just business in general, it kinda of reminds me of, you know, like you're reporting the board of directors and everyone's getting together for their quarterly meeting. They're like, Hey, here's what we needed to do. Here's the earnings for the year or for the quarter. But I like this. This is rad. So yeah, there was pretty much no news this week. It was a quiet week, which was totally fine because we've got a whole lot going on with the uh, what the ESO 101 and then the emails and all that this week. So next week, next week is going to be is going to be a fun cast because by the time this podcast releases for you guys to listen, download, and listen to. Um, they're going to have made their their announcement, which really at GDC, which is super cool. So I'm super excited. I know JB's super excited about the whole thing. You know, we think we know what we're getting, but we don't know quite for sure how they're going to roll it out. So there's tons of speculation on what's going to happen. But you did know. you hear that music in that like five second bit they threw out on? Yes. If that means a new soundtrack for ESO, I'm going to freaking squee. Do they have awesome. the soundtracks on vinyl? Do you know? Oh, I don't know if they have them on vinyl or, vinyl or not. I would love... I love collecting records. I would love to have somehow, some way, the soundtracks on vinyls. That'd be dope. You're so vintage. Maybe that's a, I am vintage. You know one of my favorite radio stations on XM? No. 40s Junction. Frank's that's awesome, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. You know what that reminds yeah. me of? That reminds What's me of that? Fallout. Exactly. I right? love Any... Sinatra. Yeah, it reminds me of of Fallout. Dude, we're so lit breaking lore right now. We are breaking. Okay, sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're okay. Oh my gosh, we come all the way up here. You know, you know how far we traveled to get to a tavern, far enough away that the Khajiit wouldn't follow us. But guess what? Mike's here. Might as well pull up a chair, dude. You want some milk? <laughs> you want some kitty cat milk? You made a comment about beards last week, and I didn't really appreciate it, but we'll let that slide. So, uh, you know what? Tell you what, you can sit here and have this milk if you can give me some good wisdom. Mike knows why farmers are blind. It has nothing to do with the Dwemer disappearing. Really. All right, so this week on ESO 101, we are going to continue our beginner tips for you. Uh, and you know what? Really, as these things kind of pop into our minds, we may just throw them in there as little pro tips every once in a while because eventually you guys are going to get tired of brand new player tips. Um, but, you know, if there's things that help us along in the game, then we're going to help you out. So this week we have a few more tips for you. We're going to talk a little bit about... Um, about the new level up experience again, how that's going to help you out slotting items oh, man, and, I love and, that. and such. Um, I do have a correction from last week though. Um, we got a message from a listener about um, health points. I was talking about health points and I said, it doesn't matter what class you are. You should be shooting for 20 K amount, you know, health points by end game. And I kind of blanketed that statement and he was kind of true. He was kind of, kind of right saying, you know, that's, it's really a little bit high. You really don't need to be that high. So maybe when I said at least eh, like 18 to 20, and I actually started seeing it in some of the, some of the higher content and stuff this week on you know, trials and stuff with our own guild. Um, not everybody's yeah. at 20 K and that's even buffed and they do. Okay. But 
you know, if you're if you're bouncing around like the 15-16 range, you're gonna get close to getting one-shotted by some of these higher-level bosses, especially in vet dungeons and trials. So, just keep an eye on that. Um, you know, 20k would be a, a good number to have, but if you're gonna be a full magic, like say you're going full magic, or you're gonna be a full caster, a lot of times folks just want to put tons and tons into magic. I mean, they can have upwards of you know 35 to 45k magicka so they're just beasts in dungeons with their spells but at the right. same time some of your enchants may have to go to health you might have to you might have to wear a heavy piece that um that has a health enchantment on it but something to get that range you know i i, I guess i'm retracting the, the at least 20k thing but saying maybe 18 to 20k is, is really a good range for you to have um if you have shields and stuff you might be able to get away with being below so anyway that's my uh, my disclaimer and my retraction from last week. But let's talk about the new level up experience. I know we've already kind of hit on this before, mm. but um, I kind of wanted to reiterate on that because I started using it uh, again with one of my Lobby characters. And, you know, it really does help you. Um, mm -hmm. It really guides when you're trying to get your character built. It's kind of like a little generic mini guide built right into your game. So... You kind of pick in the settings, there's that little wheel, you can pick in the settings what type of character you're going for, whether it's magicka based or health based or stamina based, and then those skills will, will be recommended for you as you level your character. So, you know, right. keep in mind, like stamina based characters, usually those characters are DPS. And when, when I say DPS, if you're super new, DPS just means damage per second. So normally those right. characters that are strictly stamina based normally there's some hybrids out there but normally those are going to be your, your damage per second characters your magicka based characters are going to usually be either dps or healing and then your health based characters usually are tank and you know don't take that for gospel you can have hybrid characters or some characters where you can convert some abilities from magicka to stamina um, depending on what kind of build you want but normally that's kind of how it goes um, right. And then one thing I actually had two retractions this week. Jeez, Jibs. Um, for the more seasoned <laughs> players, we had mentioned how the new player guide can get kind of annoying uh, for more seasoned players. But you know what? You can just turn it off. I noticed that like after after we covered that, I think on episode one, I was like, damn it, you could turn that off. And I totally said in the episode that people were getting. But I had heard that people were getting irritated with it. Anyway, you can turn off the new player guide if you don't want to see it. Okay. I love it, man. Like, especially if I'm just, if I'm going to be trying out a new character and I just want to chill and just take my time. If I'm not looking at guides yet, if I'm not trying to min-max yet, I just want to chill, play the game, try out this new character. In fact, that's what I'm doing with um, Jibs the Lore Seeker. He's the, um, my warden. And I'm solely just going to use, I'm not going to use any guides. I'm just going to use the whole level up experience. All the way up to fifty. Ooh, are you going Magicka? Change. Uh, you going yes, Magicka or Stamina? Ron Burgundy. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna love either or. I have I have a uh, Stamina wordy and I have a Magicka wordy and mm -hmm. I love them. Mm -hmm. Super fun. So. Right. Okay, let's talk about uh, slotting items because this is something that I it took me a little bit to understand, and now that I understand it, every time I build a new character, it's like yeah totally makes sense so another thing the new player guide kind of helps you do is you know you choose 
useful items for your build that you can purchase with skill points and then put onto your bar. Well, this might not, they might not all be in the same skill tree. So what you want to do is you want to try and slot different abilities from your various skill lines on your bar, even if you aren't using some. And the reason being is because you can, you'll be leveling those up. You'll be getting XP for those if they're on your bar um, on the corresponding skill line. So here's an example. Say you play a Stamina Nightblade, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, on your front bar, and you guys understand front bar and back bar. Front bar is your initial bar, skill bar, until you reach level 15, and then you can dual wield. So um, you can flip that bar, and you can have a whole other weapon and a whole other set of abilities. That's on your back bar. So the Stamina Nightblade that you're playing, you on the front bar, you're dual wielding daggers. Okay, so mostly on that bar, you have dagger abilities. Then on your back bar, you have a bow. And then on that bar, you have mostly bow abilities. Well, if you were to take one bow ability and put it on your dual wheel bar, when you're, when you're using your slicey slicey knives or swords or, you know, your daggers, and then vice versa, you put a dual wheel skill on your bow bar, what you're doing there is when you're on your dual wheel bar, you're still going to level up your bow line and that skill, that bow skill that you have on there. So even though you can't use that bow skill, if it's on your bar, when you turn in a quest or when you gain XP, you will level up that skill line. So that's why it's, mm-hmm. I just had the hardest time figuring that out. It's like, why do I want to put a skill on my bar that I'm not going to use? Well, right. because you have plenty of skills to level up your main skill, you know, your dual wielding, you have plenty of skills to keep you alive and to level up all those. And then you have that one bow skill on there. So no matter what bar you're on, you're going to be gaining both dual, dual wield skills and bow skills. So just keep that in mind. And then, like I said, every time you turn in a quest, say you're trying to level up a mages guild ability, like inner light or something like that, or mages light. So you put throw mages light on your bar and you only have it on one bar, but you want to level that up faster. If you have a big quest to turn in, flip to that bar that your mage's light's on, or whatever skill you want to level, and then turn in your quest. Mm-hmm. And that XP is going to be put toward that skill that you want to level up quicker. So I'm like, dude, these are brilliant, brilliant yeah, dude, skills. When, we, when I first got that skill, when I was switching builds, because sw- it's funny, you and I both ended up using the exact same build. I know that you've made some minor tweaks this past week um, with your build, but we're generally the same. The exact you know, the summoner build from Altcast is what we're both using. Right. And, um, dude, when I first put those new abilities on as I was changing this build and we ran went and ran a dungeon, man, that thing leveled up so fast. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> especially exactly in the dungeon. exactly what I needed. Yeah, like after one or two dungeons two most it was already ready to be uh, morphed it was good all good to go right and um just as an aside if there are any sorks out there that are looking for a good solid build all casts builds are unbelievable he has both a um non-pet summoner build or excuse me a non-pelt non uh, a non-pet sorcerer build and then a pet sorcerer build. I think the pet sorcerer build he calls a summoner. And then yep. the other one I think is a mystic. Those builds are legit. 
they are legit. They're, and that's what I'm that's they, what I'm following great. right now with my summer <laughs> summoner build and I am very difficult to kill, especially when soloing. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's ridiculous. It's the one. T- it's the one time where I felt like since playing this game, well, actually, you and I both. I've, I remember commenting on it. we were in a dungeon. I'm like, this feels so broke. This feels so broken because we put out so much damage. It's ridiculous how much yeah, damage sorcerers put out. I know. I feel bad for people that have like lower lower end systems when we're there's just nothing but <laughs> yeah. a, a room full of lightning wherever we go. Oh my gosh! There's it's super pets fun. Okay. Lightning everywhere. <laughs> lightning for days. Right. Okay, let's talk weapon slotting. So, weapon slotting. Kind of similar to our skill line slotting. Mm -hmm. What you want to do when you're a new player is you want to try and equip as many different weapons as possible. You never know when you're going to switch your build, for one. Um, So, why not just pick them all up and, you know, you kind of level them up here and there. And then you'll also level stuff up when you pick up lore books. You pick up a lore book on, on weapons... A lot of times you're like, hey, look, I gained, you know, I gained a skill point or I gained a, um, I gained a level in um, two-handed. Well, I don't use two-handed, I use staves. Well, still, you never know when you're going to switch. So, um, right. Okay, so for weapon slotting, when you're new, just equip every weapon you find and then go friggin' kill a mud crab or something. As soon as you kill something that's worth some kind of XP you're going to unlock the skill line for that weapon type. So you might not even use it, but at least you're going to have those unlocked. Um, and then the same is going to be true for all weapons. I mean, just even if you know, you're know you a mage type player, just pick up a, uh, a stave and go kill someone with it. Right. So, um, okay. So then now we're going to talk a little bit about skill points and this is, there's a little bit, it gets a little deeper here. So really the driving factor in elder scrolls online is these skill points. And yes. it, they end up being the lifeblood of your character. And these are the things that you need in order to unlock new abilities for your character. And I actually went and did a search to see how many skill points there were in the game. And according to the research I found, it could be wrong. But as of the Dragon Bones update, I was able to find there are 394 available skill points in the game. That is plenty. If that's the case, yeah. Dude. (laughs) It's (laughs) plenty to do anything that you want to do on on your character. You can learn a ton of stuff. And you won't even be able to use all the things that you learn on your character if you have that amount of skill points. So if you you want a master crafter on one of your characters, and you want to try several different skill lines of whatever, there's enough skill points out there to do that. The the key is you gotta go find those skill points so um right here's the ways to find them so one of the biggest ones is sky shard hunting you guys all know what sky shards are they're the blue glowing shards that emit that big tower of light um every time you absorb three of the sky shards you get one skill point um also on unique type of quest not all quests but unique quests will grant you a skill point when you complete them um public dungeons sometimes have those quests that offer skill points in there and then there is usually a sky shard. Actually, there's always a sky shard. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't found a public dungeon or a delve that do not have um, a sky shard in there somewhere. So I, I remember when I first started playing the game, and sky shards were introduced to me. I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like, oh crap! I can just go around and 
explore and find skill points. Of course, yeah. this was like I mean, four years ago, but it's still well, what awesome. a great way to explore the world. Yeah. So, and another thing people might not realize too is that um, you can get skill points in player versus player, or if you just want to go to Cyrodiil and pick up sky shards, there's a bunch there too. So, yeah. I mean, and you don't even you don't really have to PvP to go like explore Cyrodiil. It's probably a good idea that you have a group with you because if you get hit by the Zerg train, you're probably going to die mm-hmm. badly. Very badly, because mm-hmm. PvP is a whole other different monster in this game. But right. there are so many things. There's so many things to see in Cyrodiil. It's an awesome zone, and it's massive. Yeah, so, it's huge. <laughs> it is huge. And then, like tra- uh, travel and way shrines. As we're we're transitioning here, travel and way shrines. We're getting away from sky shards. So. When you're first a new uh, first new player and you're trying to get to certain places, you're going to find that these things are not open. Um, mm. But these way shrines, when you get close to them in the world, open up. And sometimes it sucks. You just have to run to where you need to get. Um, case in point, if you pick up like treasure maps or something, you might have a treasure right. map with an X, you know, in the southeast corner of this map, and your way shrine is in the northwest corner on the completely yeah. opposite side. So to get there, sometimes it takes a minute and then um, you got you can open up these way shrines along the way. Or you can use a little pro tip I'm about to give you. This so will save you so much time and money. Totally. Oh, Saves you a ton of time. So one of the biggest things that I, that I figured out, and I figured this out during the um, New Life event, during Christmas time. Mm-hmm. You got to go to so many different places in the world. And I was doing it on so many different characters that I needed to figure out a quick way to travel. So it dawned on me. I'm sure people have known this trick for a long, long time, but if you belong to a large guild and typically you'll see in zone zone chat all the time, there's these trade guilds that are always looking for new members. Well, not only is that going to help you with selling your wares, but it's also going to help you with traveling because if there's a large roster with people online all the time, like our, like sneaky BO, there's people, there's at least a hundred people on at any one time. So it's ridiculous. All you got to do is just go to the tab and sort the, sort the roster of players online in that guild by location. And it puts all the locations on the map in alphabetical order find where you need to go now the general area it's not going to give you like a nat's ass place to go it's going to give you the general location they're in so you need mm-hmm. to go to grotwood for some reason all you got to do is just find them they're in grotwood right click on their name and then hit travel to player and it's going to take you to the way shrine closest to them regardless of whether or not you have um whether or not you have it unlocked, it's going to take you there right. anyway. And then once you get there, you discover it. So, right. hi, awesome trick. I travel that way all the time. So, it's a nice it's a little way to just go unlock to stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You could spend an evening and just go to a big roster that you have from yeah. your big guild and just travel the player, and you're going to unlock tons of stuff in the world. Yeah. So. You know, so anyway, besides um, the 
way shrines and doing that little pro tip. There are other ways that you can travel, um, boat swains, carts, and then like if you're up where we're at in Morrowind, there's silt striders up here to get you to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So it's a good tip. I bet you a lot of people use that one. I know I do. Dude, I didn't realize it until you brought it up. And I felt so silly because when I first came back, I was traveling a two way shrines by hand, or just wherever in the world. Which I later realized, wow, this is really stupid. I could run to a way shrine and travel for free, but then I'm like, well, my travel's limited, so well, I need I need something that's faster. And you brought this up, and we, you know, it just happened to be in Sneaky Bo. Join that, and then dude, within like 30 minutes, you're just traveling the player, and you unlock so much. And right. Even if you're not doing that, you're just needing to get to certain places. More than likely, somebody in a large trading guild is exactly where you need to go, or they're close. So, exactly, so much easier. Yep. So I, so I much use easier. that little trick all the time. So, okay. So, um, I, I did want to talk about sustain and recovering resources because I think it's super important. This is something that, that some uh, newer players might not realize, and you end up running out of resources incredibly quick and this is a really good thing for you to start using with your combat rotations so Mm -hmm. when you use skills on your bar or you do things like dodge rolling or or blocking or whatever or even sneaking you're going to lose resources so like if you're using if you're a magicka based player and you're using magicka based abilities where when you look on the actual skill, if you hover over the skill, it will tell you the resource that it uses. So, for instance, you know, most sorcerer builds use um, Magicka. So whenever you use those skills, your Magicka bar will go down gradually. And if you continue to spam all of your skills, eventually you're going to run out of that resource. So what a lot of people don't realize is that you can weave in, and when I say weave in, I just mean use your first skill and then use a lighter or heavy attack. Well, what do I mean by lighter heavy attack? Well, all you're really doing is just holding down your weapon button for a long or short period of time. You know, long period of time being a heavy attack, short period of time being uh, being a light attack. And then when you do that, you unleash a lighter heavy attack and you'll gain those resources back. So, yeah. You know, like I use heavy attacks all weave heavy attacks in all the time with like I'll go through a full rotation on my sorcerer and then I'll weave in a heavy attack and gain back a ton of resources. Now, the amount of resources that you get back when you do that, uh, it does vary. Um, There are certain things that you can spec into like um, resource recovery glyphs or um, when you when we talk about the champion point system you'll understand that a little bit more, but you can spec into certain things within those systems to be able to increase the amount of resources you get back when you do a light or heavy attack. But just like we were, I was talking to a guy in our guild the other day, and I was saying, do you, you understand light and heavy attacks? And he's like, yeah. And I go, well, okay, so do you really understand what they're doing? And he's like, well, uh, not really. I just kind of use them in between every once in a while. And I go, okay, so those are giving you resources back. And he's like, oh, now I get it. So, and it works the same way for Magicka, Stamina, um, and I believe it works the same way for, I've never, I don't really play tank characters, so I'm pretty sure it works for health as well. Um, mm-hmm. That I'm not sure on, I have to check on that. But at least for Magicka and Stamina, those two characters I play quite a bit of, so I understand that the resources right. do come back. So 
remember to weave in a light or heavy attack. Heavy attacks are going to give you more resources back. Light attacks are going to give you less resources back, but they're still giving you something back. And it's going to keep you to it's going to keep you in the green for retaining those resources during those longer fights. Because if you get into dungeon delves or uh, some of the the bigger content, you do uh, pledges and dungeons and stuff with people, especially vet content. You're going to be using a ton of resources with those skills. So just remember to weave in those light and heavy attacks, and it really, really does help. It'll change your game because you'll be like, oh, my oh, God, I never absolutely. realized that the entire time. Absolutely. Dude, we hardly ever run out of Magicka. Or, no. I mean, we hardly ever run out of it. Like, it's it's incredible. You know, you, we, you and I both have, well, yeah, we theoretically use just the exact same rotation. I mean, and if you if we're weaving in those heavies and those lights, it's I it blew my mind, especially after switching this build and we're trying out you know you're trying these passives out and dude you do not run out of man or out of uh, magicka. No, it's it's actually pretty nice. If you do it right, then you then you mm -hmm. can sustain sustain it. You know what? Every once in a while, I get into like panic mode, and then I'm just all I do is just mm -hmm. run around like JoJo the circus clown, and then I end up freaking oh my god, I'm totally out of magicka. Well, then you just, you know, I just hit a, I'll throw an AOE on and then I'll, um, I'll gain some, some resources back just by doing, you know, a couple of those, uh, heavy attacks. And it really does, it helps sustain you in those long fights. So don't forget these little tips. If you guys have tips that you, that you, you use that you want to see us cover, let us know. Um, if we mm -hmm. screw up somewhere, don't be afraid to let us know. We're, we're not, you know, unapproachable people, and we're both not experts at the game. It's like we said right. uh, you know, on our first cast. We want to learn the game with you and bring these little tips and tricks with you or bring these tips and tricks to you to help make your game better. But I'm almost positive we have people out there that know this game way better than we do, and I want that. I want to learn, be able to learn from them too. So don't be afraid to write in and call in and, you know, help us out a little bit if we're off yeah. point on some of this stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. We'll try to get it right 100% of the time, but there'll be some times where we don't, so we appreciate you know people reaching out and letting us know. In fact, I think we had quite a bit of that this past week on Twitter. <laughs> we did, and you know what? It's, it's okay. I mean, we, we want that. We, we never, we've never claimed to be experts on the game. So right. I want to be. Right. That's my goal, yo. Enter my mind, Vestige, and no, walk with man, me through on. the shadows of we past events. We were talking. We were talking. No, no one wants vicious. No, no. Hey, show no. the guy a little. Show the guy a little respect. He lost his eyesight <laughs> reading the Elder Scrolls. All right. Well, everybody, it is that time again. Transition from teaching you how to do some simple tricks in the game. Now we are talking lore for this week, and I'm pretty stoked because this is kind of a special place in my heart. This was the first race that. I ever came in contact with with an Elder Scrolls title ever. And this week, Cash, what are we talking about, man? We are talking the Dark Elf. And I believe hmm. that is the reason that we are sitting up in uh, Balmore right now. It's because we're we're among these peeps. So, you know, maybe they uh, maybe they're going to gather around the table cuz they want to hear a little bit about themselves or maybe they're going to leave the tavern. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Not the Dunmer. Give us free drinks. Because <laughs> they're not stingy at all. <laughs> no. Well, let's not forget they're cousins of the uh, of the High Elves. So they still have That's that true. gene. You can't really get once you're yeah once you're an Altmer, you you never really go back. 
rat. Never get rid of it. So, okay. So anyway, the, um, we're continuing our lore lessons. This is lore lesson four. We're talking about an additional racial motif this week, and we're covering the dark elves. Last week we covered the high elves, and next week, the Bosmer. <laughs> Actually, no. The next, Bosmer. well, we don't know what we're doing next week. Next week's going to be all about that, the next chapter. So you may have to wait another week. You don't even know what you're talking about. Pretty much, <laughs> talk about what I want. You don't to. know me. You don't know me. <laughs> you said this was fifty fifty. All right, the Dunmer, which actually there was a a very nice uh, Dunmer waitress just walked by. Um, The Dunmer are the Dark Elves. They are the dark-skinned cousins of the High Elves. Are we ready for round two? Round two, yeah. Waitress! Waitress! Order up another round! Coming right up. All right. So the Dunmer, they are the cousins of the High Elves and the Wood Elves, and they hail from the province of Morrowind. Uh, they're, they they're known to be very intelligent and dexterous. Very dirty. Often very reserved to keep it down. <laughs> it's going to turn into a bar fight. They so um, they most often keep to themselves and have a very, very bitter distrust of other races. And they also consider themselves superior, which makes it really fun when they get into arguments with the uh, high elves who also consider themselves superior. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so most Dunmer have red glowing eyes with grayish, sometimes like green or like blue skin tones. Uh, their height is relatively similar to human races. It's They're not as tall as the high elves and they're definitely not as short as the Bosmer. Um, we were, and we, last week we talked about how the high elves are the tallest of all the races um, or of all the uh, elven races. So right. the Dunmer were once known as Chimer um, literally meaning changed folk or changed ones. So and we're going to talk a little right. bit about how and why they changed. But yep. they were among several clans of Myrrh, and remember I was talking about Myrrh meaning elven kind, who were convinced by Boethia, the Daedric Prince of Deceit, to abandon the customs and laws of the High Elves of the Somerset Isles, squee, to follow the prophet Veloth. I know. Mm-hmm. To follow the prophet Veloth, to uh, the land that was later became known as Morrowind, which was originally known as Resdane, which is where we're at now. Um, so these XL, these exiles became known as the Velothi, which is a, a term that is like now used synonymously with Dunmer, especially the folks who've been here for a long, long period of time. Um, and they were just considered exiles and they, literally just preferred a more nomadic lifestyle similar to the Bosmer, which we'll talk about next week or the next or the week after. Um, they mm-hmm. preferred that nomadic lifestyle away from the rules and the politics of the great houses of Somerset, which we talked about last week with the high elves. They established this empire that was very rigid with rules. So both the Bosmer and the Dunmer skipped town. They're like, we're out. Don't right. dig it. You know, and that was my kind own of a- rules. That was kind of the <laughs> that was kind of the vibe too when I first started playing Morrowind and the very first time you talked to somebody. Of course, you know the graphics really <laughs> back then really lended to the whole like you know you feel dirty whenever you talk. You know you look at them they're like really dirty. And like, I know I do. I remember that because they they would act differently towards you like big time. You know or yeah even like um, here's another example which you know I know it's 
it's not Dunmer, but it's Bosmer. I'll walk by somebody in ESO at, on my Bosmer character. I'll walk mm-hmm. by somebody in in uh, any town, and you'll just hear him go savage. I'm like, yeah, Ser- right? seriously? I we've made comments about this numerous times, but my yeah. goodness, racial undertones are inscrutable. <laughs> you are a racialist. My goodness, <laughs> it's funny, right? So. Gosh. So if you if you notice, if anybody's done the Morrowind content, you'll notice that there's like tons of ruins all over the place. Um, they're like Dun- these are like old ancient Dunmer strongholds that are everywhere across Morrowind. So a lot of what these were were once the Dunmer settled in Morrowind. At the time, they were known as the Velothi. They worshipped three mm-hmm. good Daedra. And these strongholds, these like ru- they're ruins now, but these are evidence of where they used to worship. So I, th- I thought right. that was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, I totally remember that. I totally see those all over the place. Yeah. So right. there is so much history to the Chimer. A ton. So yeah. I took the I took the main chunks out of this so you kind of understand good like, idea. <laughs> like where they came from um, yeah. but like my sources for this are really the wikis because they're they're, they're the best ones so here is, I'm going to kind of transition into some of the struggles that the Chimer went through in the year or over the years so they had a major conflict with the Nords and mm-hmm. it lasted years and years and years where the Nords actually took control of Morrowind for several years but through a, you're going to love this, through a union between the Chimer and the Dwemer, they were actually <laughs> able to stand up to the Nords and ult- ultimately defeat them. Because the Chimer being Chimer, Dark Elves being Dark Elves, they had an issue with the, with the Dwemer. And they ended up, this union led to several internal conflicts and ultimately it ended up in a war between the Dwemer and the Chimer, who were originally kind of allied to get the Nords out. So right. what ensued was the Battle of Red Mountain. Um, Such a cool battle name. It's awesome. So that led to the very mysterious disappearance of the Dwemer and the annihilation mm-hmm. of any allies that the Dwemer had. So the Chimer... Okay, basically what happened is there was a tribunal. And... The tribunal was from the Dark Elves, the Chimer. Their actions in defeating the Dwemer was speculated to be because of the Dwemer's use of tools to create a new god and to become gods. Um, And then also some speculated that it was in the murdering of Nerevar, who was a uh, Dark Elf ruler. And these, whatever ended up happening, which is still speculated pissed off Azura she was mad so and then you guys all remember Azura Uh, we covered her on uh, one of our previous casts so Mm -hmm. tons of story tons of versions of the story exist and then some accounts attribute the word of the possibility that the Dwemer had discovered the heart of Lorcan the great trickster beneath Red Mountain and were using it it was an ancient relic the heart of Lorcan is an ancient relic they were using it to create a new god. So when 
-hmm. The Chimer got word of this. They told the Dwemer, stop, don't do it, or we're going to kill you, basically. And that is, that's exactly what happened. That's why the war started. So regardless of whatever took place, Azura was mad. Uh, She was angered at the whole thing. She actually cursed the Chimer people, turning their skin to ash and their eyes red and making them into the Dunmer as opposed to fair skin people. Man, I thought that was the coolest thing because I never knew that. I never knew that. I will never forget that guy that you talk to when you're on the ship in Morrowind. First time ever that you meet a Dunmer, you know, on in Morrowind. The very first conversation. And I remember seeing this guy and looking at his skin. I'm just like, what happened to you in all these years? I, it never occurred to me to ever look into it. But all these years since I played Morrowind for the first time to now, which is well over, what, like 13, 14, 15 years? I don't even know how long. You know, it's it's it blows my mind. I had no idea until I read this. I thought this is the coolest thing ever. It never even occurred to me. This is how we're, it never even occurred to me that they had their skin was just like the Altmer. It would have made sense. It's just I never put two and two together because I've always known them to have you know to have like the charred, um, ashy looking skin with the red eyes, right? Or that they've that they have adapted to. The, yeah. Their new environments, and it was the same. It's the same thing with the Bosmer. Yeah, they adapted to their new environments, and I've, that's ooh, that's why I love this lore so much. It's so freaking cool, you know. If you, especially since playing these games for so long, I mean, I've played these games for a lot of years, and now yeah. now ESO, and it's like ESO is like all these games put into one. But really, you don't truly, you don't truly understand all of the story until you really read the backstory to it. And I think we talked about it before. A lot of the lore we're going to cover is stuff that never took place in any of the games, like Chimer and Dwemer and all this different stuff. This is all stuff that just builds up to the world that we live in now in Tamriel. And that's what I think is so cool. It's so, it's so rich. I mean, you want to talk about the people who wrote these stories are, they're amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's cool, too, because it, in a lot of ways, it's kind of similar to other, you know, like pop culture, just um, genres. So, you know, not to break lore here, but, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, uh, Lord of the Rings for people. Um, heck, even now to the younger generation, to them, it's Harry Potter. You know, that just just all these genres that are out there. And, you know, they're built over time. And over time, they just become so much more precious to you. And the fact, yeah, I totally agree in so many ways. Elder Scrolls Online is, it's it's before everything in a lot of ways. But it's also everything wrapped up into one, in a way. Right, and then, like, and this, this story with, you know, between the Dwemer and the Chimer. And what actually happened to the Dwemer. And when I was reading it, there's so many like different versions of the story that even in itself lends to the intricacies of the history in Tamriel and in all these areas that we get to explore because it's so mysterious. Like there's different historians. These are hyper, these are theoretical historians, you know? Yeah. There's different 
versions based on who you yeah. talk to in the world. It's like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. so, it's just so, so rich. Okay, I'm fanboying out. So we're going to go ahead and transition into the history and <laughs> Bring religion. Bring it down. Bring it down. <laughs> Back on the rails. <laughs> so really what happened is there were two people. They thought they were friends. And now all of a sudden they got into a fight because they're not friends. And one of them was going to turn into a god. So they were playing with these different tools. And the other one got mad and said, stop playing with those tools. And then um, we're going to hurt you. And then they hurt them. And then their mom... Uh, she got mad, and then she made the ones dark-skinned. <laughs> and you can direct all hateful comments to at MogCash. That's pretty much what Twitter. happened. That is the <laughs> down-and-dirty version. If that's, if, that's if Spoilers. I was five-year-old. <laughs> that's right. So, okay, the history and religion. Uh, the ancient Velothi tribes created houses, which... If you've played through the Morrowind content, you have seen this. There's mm -hmm. tons of different houses, and they're all battling. Right. Uh, these houses function as political parties within Morrowind, and they control trade, local administration. Um, each of these houses has, has representatives that they send uh, that are part of something called a Grand Council. And the Grand Council right. is the true ruling force in Morrowind and has been since like the first era. So, right. you know, it's politics, you know, a little representative here, representative there. Right. Um, and, and I remember, sorry, I don't mean to pause in here for a minute, but I remember, too, going into Balmora for the first time. And you're you're meeting these people that are so, you know, like off the beaten path and so rural in a lot of ways. And then you step into Balmora and it's all these houses. It's like, oh, oh, oh you guys are far more official, far more. <laughs> far more regal in a whole lot of different ways than I first anticipated. And so that totally threw me about this race. It's like they're, it's almost like they're contradictory of themselves. They're very rugged. They're their own, you know, really their own thing, their own gig. Um, they love to be nomads and all this, but at the same time, they're very regal. They're very political. You know, it's, it's just like total polar opposites. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what makes it so interesting. Well, then, see, even then, even with all these different houses, then there are the folks that don't, you know, they might still, still might be Dunmer, but they don't necessarily agree with the structure that the Dunmer have put in place. And these folks are called the Ashlanders. They're still Velothi, they're Dunmer, and they are the ones who are sticking to that nomadic lifestyle that they wanted to keep when the original settlers left um, Somerset and ended up on Morrowind. So anyway, the Ashlanders, they live off the land. Um, they don't necessarily establish cities. They move. Um, they live mm -hmm. in small camps. Their huts are usually mobile. They have herds of guar that they move from place to place. You guys have seen guar all over the place in Morrowind, and I love the guar. Oh, gosh. Very much. Yeah, they're everywhere. Um, and they have hunting parties. They just live off the land. So Ashlanders believe that the land is theirs by ancestral right, which... I don't get how they do that because they ended up... I, okay, fine. They're ancestors. Fine, fine, fine. Um, but they believe that they have the right to plunder any settlements for resources. And they, and they also take people for slave labor. So it's real. Slavery is still alive in the Elder Scrolls Elder universe. Scrolls. It's that true. and racism. It's terrible. It's terrible. Gnarly. Great. So um, they have some very specific uh, primary figures of worship. One they being uh, Mephala, 
He is uh, the Daedric Prince, or she is the Daedric Prince, also known as the Web Spinner. Uh, Azura, which we talked about, about the Daedric Prince yep. of Dusk and Dawn. Uh, the Mother of the Rose. She sounds wonderful, doesn't she? Doesn't she? And the Queen of the Night Sky. Oh, and then, so majestic. They're so majestic. And then there's Boethia. <laughs> Boethia, remember, was the Daedric Prince that originally got them to leave uh, Somerset. Right. Uh, the Daedric Prince of Deceit. Mm-hmm. God, they're all so bad. They're still mean. Uh, and then many more of the Dunmer still follow. Evil Daedra, including Sheagorath. Mehrunes Dagon, Malakath, our very favorite Molag Ball, I banish you! And mm. um, together, these evil Daedra are known as the House of Troubles. Kind of funny. I think that's, that's so cool. <laughs> I like it. It's kind of funny. So, uh, even to this day, and once again, as you go through the quest lines in Morrowind, there is severe conflict between the Ashlanders and the Tribunal. Uh, which we talked about. Now, this tribunal is a Dunmer sect dedicated to the worship of the three god kings of Morrowind. So these three, these are very important because th- these are all three of these are definitely part of one in particular, but they're part of the the plot on Morrowind when you play through it. Uh, the tribunal is known as the goddess Almalexia, the mm-hmm. god poet Vivek, and mm-hmm. Sothasil, which you will hear and learn a lot more about in the Clockwork City stuff. Because he's a creator of Clockwork City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these should very sound very, very familiar if you've done any other quest lines in Morrowind. So the problem that the Ashlanders have with this is that a lot of Dunmer see this tribunal, see the goddess Almalexia, the god poet Vivek, and Sothasil as that tribunal they see it as an abomination because they're supposedly living gods and the ashlanders think ah yeah no i mean they don't they don't agree with that at all so there's still lots right. and lots of uh, conflict a lot of tension yeah. a lot of tension so and then of course you know as a great hero of morrowind you got to go and try to settle some of the conflict and some of the houses are going nuts against each other and then the one in balmora the storyline in balmora that you do with um, Naru and Vea. I really like that one. That one's fun. I've done yeah, that one probably I'm, three times on different characters, but I really I enjoy it. Polar opposite with that. I am so. I am struggling to get into this storyline right now, as opposed to what we had with Lord Vivek. And maybe there there'll be an episode, and we just like note you know put some notes on there, let people know when we're talking about it. But we need to talk about these quest lines at some point soon. Let me talk about the difference in them. Cause, man, I'm on the struggle bus getting into this whole Veya storyline. I, I, I just think I, I like feel it. like it just hasn't ramped up yet. Well, you know but what the pro- your problem is, is that you went that? you went straight evil when you went. You basically logged into the game on day one and went straight to the Dark Brotherhood and signed up. Hi guys, I'm in. <laughs> Who do I kill? <laughs> yeah, so you so you have seen some of the most job is done. Some of those <laughs> BA content in this game immediately is uh, the dark brotherhood so then you come back and now you have to deal with yeah. the morag tong which is like yeah they're kind of baby assassins yeah right? they're they're yeah yeah they really it's yeah you're right you're 100 percent right it's like you go from something that's so dark and just so you all heard it here you heard it here i'm 100 percent right <laughs> <laughs> anyway go on uh, okay 
So here's a little fun fact for you. Uriel Septum. I believe, what's that, the fourth? Uh, Fourth, yep. Uriel Septum, the 15th emperor to rule Tamriel, right? Everybody's kind of heard of Uriel Septum. Kind of a big name in the Elder Scrolls universe. So half Breton, half Dunmer. Bet you didn't know that, did you? I did not, and I read that. He's half dark elf. It was his mama. It was his mama. She was a she was so awesome. I know. So um, absolutely no blood relation to Tiber Septum. What happened is that Uriel Septum was appointed to the king of High Rock, and then later ruled Tamriel as Uriel Septum. He was like given that title. It's kind of like the Boltons. Remember the Boltons in um, Game of Thrones? I'm going like way off topic here, but Boltons in Game of Thrones. How the super psychotic son ended up being like, you're now a Bolton, Mm -hmm. even though he really wasn't a Bolton. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I digress. Let's talk about some notable Dunmer in ESO. Among among my favorite, Naryu, the Morak Tong assassin. JB hates her, Mm -hmm. whatever. Veya. She is sassy. She's super sassy. Well, so is Veya. Yeah, she is. Veya's very sassy. Yeah, they both are. Yeah, and she's the... um, Veya's kind of spoiled brat. Right. Yeah. Whatever. A little bit. She's brought up in royalty. Yeah. Um, Vivek, Lord Vivek, one of the three mortal gods of Morrowind. And then we also talked about Sothasil and Almalixia. Yeah. Uh, Now, other games. In other games. So here's a couple. You're going to recognize these two. If you played Skyrim, then you know who Carlia is. She's the one Mm -hmm. that uh, brought you into the Nightingales. Sorry, did I spoil that? If you haven't played Skyrim by now, Okay, take a screwdriver. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say put it in a light socket. Okay, I'm gonna say put it through, put it through your console, or your computer, and just be done with it. If not, stop listening to the podcast. Go buy Skyrim and go put aside about two months of your life and lock yourself in a dungeon and play that free game. It's the best. So, First anyway. thing, play Dark Brother. Carlia, also a Dunmer. Okay, mm-hmm. and then I know that you've heard of this one. If you've, if you've played Skyrim, you definitely know what the Stones of Berenziah are. Now, although Berenziah does not appear in the game, those stones belonged to Berenziah, who was a Dunmer. So, mm-hmm. there you go. The more you know. I'm pretty sure. You know. I'm pretty sure I butchered some point of our story on the Dunmer. So in comes the flood of hate mail and also incoming. <laughs> Speaking of, what's up, I've man? been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Oh, all right, cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, let me uh, let me check this out here. Uh, oh, hey, we got some emails. All right, so uh, we're back again. We, we, we went through your emails and... Uh, you know we've been sitting on we've been sitting on some, and so we thought we'd answer a couple here on the show. For those of you who who do write into the podcast, a we really appreciate it, and b, well, I just like to read your emails. So here we go. Uh, I like this first one. This one made me smile because he told me how to pronounce it. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or not. <laughs> I don't know if that was a slight. Because he knows my struggle. He knows the struggle bus that I, I can never get off of. <laughs> or, uh... <laughs> a 
that makes or me he's laugh. just being nice. But uh, anyway, Trenton. Trenton. Got it. You still uh, ruined it. Silence. So there have been a lot of discussions about where the lore is broken. What lore are you going off of? Question mark. There are several lore breaks. I'm assuming it means dragon breaks in ESO, and I was wondering if you are going to discuss the differences and the lore breaks. Thanks. And I wanted to answer this one just so people know, as general, all our listeners know what we're doing with the show, as far as our lore. Okay, so I I'm gonna tend to disagree with you on this one, my good friend Jibs. I don't think he's talking about dragon breaks. I think he's literally talking about lore breaks, and the reason being oh, is because okay. yeah, if you if you look this up, if you look up, um, I forget what I punched in, but when we got this, I started punching stuff into Google and trying to figure out some more information about where some of the people get upset with the lore in ESO. Because they say there are several spots where the lore is not correct. Concurrent. Yes, with yeah. uh, with the history and with the other games, I say there's some things that are lore breaking. So I think that's what he means by lore by right. lore breaks. I got you. Where 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 ESO is a little bit lore breaking. So I'm going to be flat out honest with you, Trenton. I'm going to have to research those because I don't. I I'll just have to read into them a little bit more. We certainly can cover them, but right now I think we're, we're we don't want to confuse anybody, including ourselves. With <laughs> with anything that could be lore breaking, we just want to get the basics down. But I am totally on board with doing some more research on this for you. So keep listening. I promise you, my friend, we will cover some areas where there's some discrepancies in the lore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we could just go through lore one time on uh, an episode just talking about the breaks, the lore breaks and possible resolutions for him. We can absolutely do that, too. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, second one here, Poto Dodo from the, uh, this is from the Mog Nation community. Yes. He, I'm, he, I remember he put this in Discord, and he said, I have a question, but I don't know if it's lore seeker worthy. And we're like, well, just ask. <laughs> so po- here it is. Po- Poto's my jiu-jitsu buddy. Oh, that's right. He is. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. All right. So he says, uh, all right, brothers, congrats on the new podcast. I'm enjoying it so far. Plus, good to hear your voices on the air again. Thanks, man. As to my question, as a returning player who never got far in the game, I'm noticing that the amount of quests are vast. Yes. But I'm also noticing some quests want you to travel to other zones before you finish the quests you have for the zone you're in. My question to you, good sirs, do you feel finishing the zone you're in before... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you feel finishing the zone you're in before moving on? Or do you think jumping ahead with the storyline and exploring new zones is the way to go? Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Yeah. I am I think for me, I'll start here. I think for me, it depends how I feel for the day. I'm be completely honest with you. There's times when I just want to just focus on the story because I want to see what the next piece to this, you know, like this whole quest line is. I want to see it. I want to experience it. So I don't care where it takes me. But then there's other times where I'm like, I don't want to leave this zone yet. There's still things that need to be done. This chick needs me to go find her hog, or this dude needs me to go find his hog in Glen Umbra. 
He thinks his buddy killed Nadit. I need to figure out why he thinks he killed Nadit. So I need, and by the way, that's actual quest. You can go uh, find that one. But uh, you know, I I, was, I don't want to leave the zone. I want to hang out here and do my thing. So it really, for me, it's dependent on <laughs> how interesting the storyline that I'm working with is and how I feel for the day. Yeah, I, I I can totally agree with that, and I think I have gone both ways on this particular point because there are some areas that I'm super interested in and when I when I want to learn the most about those areas I go into completionist mode and I I'll be I'll be honest with you I am a huge fan of the Bosmer I've talked about it on a previous show it's one of my favorite races to play just because I love the whole nature aspect so when I was playing through Valenwood, all the areas in Valenwood, namely Grotwood, I did every single possible quest I could get my hand on in Grotwood. And, right. you know, at, at the time I was playing pretty decently, um, you know, it was probably, ugh, God, I don't even want to say it, but probably five, six hours a day on my days off I was playing. Whoa. So Was this during the binge, still, the five-month binge where... <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I know it's ter it's terrible, but it's so wonderful. Um, I played a ton, <laughs> dude. And I played a ton. I spent four days in Grotwood, and that was just mm -hmm. going through and doing everything: all the world bosses, all the sky shards, all the delves, every single quest. Trying to talk to as many NPCs as I could. Um, at the same time, I was gathering information for, for the cast and then also for something I was doing for, for my RP guild uh, in the way of Bosmer. So I was gathering all that stuff, but still, in order to get through the entire zone of Grotwood and absorbing everything that it had on my own pace, it took me like four or five days. So I get, I get what you're saying. You can totally get bored in that time. And trust me, by the time that was over, I was ready to be done with Grotwood. But... I know so much right. about the boss right now that I can see that repeating itself and it has repeated itself in other areas of the same thing with Morrowind just absorbing everything. So if you're really right. into the quest lines and you're enjoying it, then the one, the quests that you get that want to take you into different zones, just table them and finish what you're doing and then, and then continue on, you know, go someplace else. But man, I got to, I got to be honest with you. There's so much content in this game that to do every single zone, what a friggin' feat that's got to be. Yeah. To do it I all. It's like, insane. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, I would like to meet the person who's done that. <laughs> they're they're that definitely is, out there. And it's, a, I know they are. I wanted to know their playtime. I don't want to segue in, into another game, but I, that is, I am a total completionist. Like, Jibs, you know that when we played that other game, mm -hmm. I spent weeks and months get yes. going for the Loremaster title. And I got it. Yeah. I got that Loremaster yeah. title. But oh my God, did I never want to touch another quest again. And I, okay, so here's, there's a funny part right. of that story. This is very true. The day that I got that title, was the last day that I logged into that game. If that doesn't sound it's stupid, true. if that doesn't sound totally stupid to everybody listening, because it sounds pretty stupid to me, but I'm not kidding you. I was done doing quests in that game, but that's, I'm kind of a weirdo, you know, traditionalist 
type completionist guy. And that's what I did, and I nailed it. So I know there's a title like that in this game somewhere. I actually haven't even looked at it, but man, how awesome would it be to get that title in this game? Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Do me a favor and don't do that. Don't don't do that. I need you. I need you in the game. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, dude. This game has its hooks in me for sure. Mm. Uh, so, agreed. Yeah, just uh, play agreed. your game, Poto. Have fun with it. And the beauty about ESO is that when you get tired in one zone, or if you get tired of one thing, there is another aspect of the game that you can shoot for. You know, you can roll another tune and experience Absolutely. the game in a completely different way, or you can try PvP. Or you can go on, you know, uh, world boss monster hunts. There's so many things you can do in this game. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there really is. Don't, don't pigeonhole yourself into feeling like you're limited because really, it's right. you're un, you're unlimited in what you can choose to do, how you can get involved, all different, especially communities too, community things that you can get involved into. But anyway. All right. Well, thanks guys so much for the emails. This was episode four. Of the Lore Seeker podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, thank you guys. Everything again, constantly tweeting us, constantly com- making contact with us. We appreciate it. And possibly my favorite part about one of my favorite things about doing a podcast in general is reading reviews. That's one of my favorite things. It's like Christmas. Every time someone writes a five star review and they actually write it out, because that's why I can give you credit when you write these out. Then it's like Christmas, man. I love it. Um, so that being said. Every five-star review that you guys give us on iTunes, we be sure we are sure to give you your shout-out on the show. And we've got some shout-outs. We've got a few here. We actually got a lot this week. I just can't, I can't name them all in the air. I can't read them all in the air. So I'll, I'll bring more into the, the next week's episode. But uh, first one here from uh, Laren says, Great podcast by great dudes. Thanks, man. I love the approach of condensing the intense lore of Elder Scrolls for the sake of those new to it. Well done. And looking forward to more. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this. Mesobasist. Yay! You it. did so yes. good! Leveled up! I'm so proud. Golf clap. Golf clap. You've gained one skill point in linguist. All right. Um, <laughs> as, I, as I... This was a long one. I had to cut this one down just because it was long. And I appreciate it. It was awesome. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't read the whole thing. It says, as I sit here listening at work during show week, I know literally... I know I literally cannot play ESO for at least a week. This podcast makes me want to scrap work and start playing now. Yes, I love it. Thank you for helping it. me better, better use, better use and understand my favorite game. Keep up the good work. This is my first gaming podcast, and it makes me want to seek out more. Oh, that's awesome! Love that. I want a bear hug. And that I know, give him a big bear hug. Uh, Rothgar952 says I've been playing since beta and read the books and notes all those years ago that's awesome I cannot remember most of the lore today so it's nice to get a recap on things like who Lorcan was and how the Dunmer and Bossmer are closely related to the Altmer keep up the good work I look forward to episodes every week thanks so much man yeah, that's cool thanks guys for your five star reviews please leave us your reviews whether you like us you hate us what, tell us iTunes we want to hear from you uh, you can call us Leave your voicemails. Instead of um, typing out emails, you can call us. We lo- we'll play your voicemail live on the air. Try to keep it one minute or less. If you could, please, at 765-382-6961. If you don't want to do that, you can email us anytime. Questions, comments. Um, a lot of you are doing that. We appreciate it. We read every single email. 
Uh, you could email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com, or you can actually go to loreseekerspodcast.com, uh, or I'm sorry, loreseekerscast.com. The bottom of the page, homepage, there's a little form you can just fill out and automatically sends it to us. Uh, Cash, we are in some guilds, my friend. Yes, we are. We're in some amazing ones. Uh, first guild we're in is the Meridia's Order of Guards. This uh, is a guild, it's actually part of a multi-gaming guild that we belong to called Mog Nation. Uh, it's an adult guild for parents and working professionals, mature folks. We do have an age limit, though we're 18 and over. Um, and you can apply for membership at mog-nation.com. We are also part of the Divine Conclave. It is an RP guild, and you can find them at socan.engine.com. And then we're also part of our favorite trade guild, Sneaky Bo. I missed something last week. Name I still don't. I still don't understand what? their name. It's awesome though. I missed something um, that I probably mm. should have said like on episode one. We play on PC. I mean, everything we talk yeah. about is certainly relevant. Yeah, we do to to, um, to console versions, but. We play on PC, right. so um, I apologize right. if anybody has you know tried to look for one of our guilds or anything. You're not going to find our guilds on Xbox. You know, I've I've thought about buying the uh, playing on Xbox too, but man, I didn't want to I didn't want to buy two copies. Um, I guess I'm you know I would have done that no problem if um, if it was the same uh, servers, but they're different. Yeah, I looked into that because trust me, I would love to sit in a, a like a reclining lazy boy chair on a huge TV and play ESO. Right, that would be oh awesome. But um, okay. yeah, if I could find all my characters and log into the same account, I would have done it no problem. But you know, for reasons, they weren't able to do that. So reasons, <laughs> reasons. All right. Well, you guys can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Jibs IRL Cash at Mod Cash. And most importantly, the show at Lore Seekers Cast. Guys, we will be we will be back next week. It's going to be a big episode. Episode five is all about the next chapter in ESO. We are going to be pulling all the information we can find. We're going to be talking the lore of this next chapter. This is going to be a huge episode. It's an exciting episode. If you guys want to get involved, you can send us your emails of any information that you find, stuff that you find interesting about this next chapter. Email it to us. It's going to be a big episode. We're excited about it. And this was kind of like a, I guess, a prelude to to that big episode. It's probably going to be a long one, longer than usual. That means we're going to be a uh, lot of mead. We're going to be in a tavern somewhere. And there's people tonight looking for us in our guild, and they haven't found us yet. So, hey, you guys, we're in Morrowind. (laughs) You were so close. We're in Balmora. There's only two taverns in Morrowind, I think, and we're at one of them. They'll find out on Friday. They'll find out on lunch day. They'll probably be like, I I should have checked there. Anyway, all right, guys, you have a great week in gaming, and we'll see you guys next week on episode five. Enjoy. Safe travels, my friends. Dilly dilly! Ah, I beat you to it. Dilly dilly!